Wow, this is weird sitting up here. Well, greetings. Who's curious what's happening tonight? All right. It's going to be a glorious night, uh, and I'm, I'm really excited. I'll just introduce what we're doing. This is kind of a vision that uh, God put first on Aaron's heart that's kind of uh, matured over the last few months, um, but these are two wonderful men that have had a huge influence in my life, uh, Aaron Holsinger, uh, many of you know him around here. He's on our leadership team here and one of the, just the senior leader, leaders helping to um, govern this church. Uh, and then this is uh, Pastor Rick Irish, and he's, uh, he's my mentor. He's also Aaron's mentor and really been a spiritual father in a way that I've never had in my whole life and has uh, helped me glean so much wisdom and find God in a way that has truly blessed me. And so I tell him all the time, you know, you're fathering the whole church because God's using you to father me. Um, and so really, really uh, honored to have both of you here and on this stage. And yeah, uh, both of them have a, a very a rich and deep walk with Jesus that's extended for uh, longer than mine. <laughs> you guys don't think that's funny. So uh, what we're going to talk about tonight is uh, living uh, in, in multi-generational honor and learning uh, how to find our place in God's story and, uh, and really uh, the story that he's uh, writing through generations. He came to Moses, said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and identifies himself uh, as a God of generations. He, he surpasses and, and flows through them. Um, and early on, we began praying in Riverhouse. We were praying that God would send uh, the older generations because uh, we felt very strongly that we did not want this to be a millennial church movement. Uh, and the reason for that uh, is that we, uh, we want to be a healthy family. <laughs> no offense, but um, uh, we, and I, I'm speaking because I am one, right? Uh, but we're strong together. And my, my big caution, I've said this before, is I don't want us to fall into this mindset where we think because God's doing a fresh expression of his heart here, we think that this is like the bee's knees. Oh, it's about Riverhouse. It's not about Riverhouse. This is about God. This is about a story he's writing through generations. And uh, so part of being a healthy, strong um, church and a people is understanding who we are and what Riverhouse is in God's story, which means we have to understand he's writing a story through generations. And so uh, we want generations connected because we believe that generations are very strong, that we are strong when we're connected together. Uh, and God is doing something progressively in the earth, right? What he did in the prior you know, season of life and the prior generation was the, the, the groundwork, the foundation for what he's doing today, right? And he's always doing a new thing. Thing, but it's usually not new. He's done it like ten thousand, like a thousand years ago. We just weren't alive for it, right? And when we knit ourselves together generationally, we get our eyes open to a greater perspective. So that's the heart of tonight: is really to open our eyes to the fruit. It's low-hanging fruit that we have to offer one another, uh, and and God's bringing. We're we're so blessed that He's building a multi-generational house here, and that though there's a lot of millennials, there's also a lot of non-millennials, and uh, we have three generations on this stage, which are three generations that are well uh, well represented in this body, and then we also have a fourth that are in children's ministry right now, which is beautiful, and so we got to get this and figure this out if we're going to be the healthy family God's called us to be, amen? amen? 
Yeah, so that's kind of where we're going, uh, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass it uh, to Rick now, and we're just going to have a conversation and a dialogue and really want to bring you into that and talk about even what God's done between the three of us, uh, and it's been very rich and deep in hopes that this is going to unlock and release even more of this type of intergenerational unity and union into our church family. So it's going to be a great night. Hallelujah. Yeah, so take it away. All right. What a blessing to be here with you two. I'll tell you. And with all of you. And you worship leaders, dancers, touch my heart. Just rich to be able to be with you. I wish I didn't live an hour away. It would be a lot easier to be here more regularly. Anyway, when, uh, when Jordan and Aaron shared the vision for tonight, my mind went immediately to Francelia Crawford. She was a, a woman in her 80s when I went to serve a church in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. She'd been in that church a long time. She was recently widowed. And uh, not long after we arrived, our family of three kids and my wife and me, she came for a visit. Here, a, a gray-haired lady and, and came bearing a gift of some jelly and, and started talking and began to wonder, is she just going to talk forever? And, uh, but Francilia very soon won our family's heart even to the extent that when she'd visit subsequent to this over the years that we were there, our kids, junior high, high school, and grade school would drop everything to come and be with her. She just had that kind of a heart and spirit. And so she shared, shared the secret of that with us uh, sometime down the line. She says, says, I have a commitment to continue to, to cultivate relationships with three sets of people with people who are older than I am, which for an 80-year-old is a little bit of a challenge, but nonetheless, she said, I, I want to continue to glean the wisdom of those who have been before me and to be able to, to know what's coming and to get their perspective, which is broader than mine. And then she, she says, I have a commitment to invest in relationships with those younger because I need their perspective too. I need to know what's What's new in thinking? I need to be stimulated by people who are exploring new things rather than getting set in our old ways. And I need their energy, too. And her life reflected that energy and that creativity. And then she said, I also know that I need relationships with people who are my age, which is a natural thing. But she affirmed that, too, because we need people who understand where we are, can walk together with, out of that understanding and support one another. So... Never forgot that, Francilia Crawford. As I think about the scriptures, my mind goes to 1 Corinthians 12, which I know has been taught here recently, where Paul, talking about the body of Christ, affirms that, that every one of us is needed to, to make up the wholeness of the body of Christ. In terms of our gifts, our experience, our understanding, our training, our talents, all of that, but also in terms of our generational perspective and experience. That's a part of it. And then he, he cautions us in 1 Corinthians 12 not to miss out on the wealth of what we have to offer and what the body has to offer to us out of insecurity, feeling like, oh, what, what do I have to offer? And that's a temptation for those of us who are retired and in the kind of in the 
the idea in our culture is out to pasture. What do we have to offer? Or young people who say, well, compared to you know, those people, what do I have to offer? But we do have things to offer that, that are unique to our generation and our experience. And the body is lesser if we allow that insecurity to, to rob the body and to rob us of our place. But then he cautions on the other side that we don't get so inflated about our importance that we think, well, look down upon them because they're younger or they're elderly, or that, that, that pride separates us. No, we, we need each other. And that let humility, and I know that's been taught well here, and, and that's a part of the fabric of this community. Our culture, that some time ago, that our culture, the, 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 the water that we swim in every day has been saturated with the theory of evolution, which teaches that that which is younger is an, an improvement upon that which is older. We're continually evolving into something that's better. By implication, meaning that that which came before it is less important, less valuable. You see what that, the implication of that. Now, I would suspect that many of us here don't buy into the theory of revolution, evolution when it comes to creation. But unfortunately, as, we, as I said, we swim in water that affects us whether we're aware of it or not. And I suspect that the thinking of that theory, the perspective, has infected us to one extent or another, unless we're aware of it. And I know that, that I, as I was growing up, younger years, looking on older people and thinking less because I was up and coming. I was new. I was better. Now that I'm in the older years, the temptation to think, what do I have to offer? Because I'm, I'm, I'm back there in the evolutionary chain. I, I wouldn't put it in those terms, but, but it's, I think you can understand that perspective. So, so it's, uh, it, it's such a blessing to me in, the, in that cultural context to be reminded through being able to hang out with men like these two that that's not true and that I do have some things to offer as they have things to offer me. So just grateful for that. Hallelujah. <laughs> I just want to give it back to Rick and let him talk more. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's fun for me to sit up here because actually two years ago, I began to pray for a mentor, and I prayed for a year, and I was like, Lord, this year I want a mentor, and it was like December, like late December when Jordan had Rick come into the church and preach, and, and after he preached, the Lord was like, him, that's the dude, and, uh, and so it's, it's so fun to sit here and... Uh, Man, I just want to be around both these guys because I feel like I, I just get so much from them. Um, so I'm the middle-aged guy, and if, if my clothing didn't give it away, then my reference using dude did. Um, I actually turned 41 about a week ago, and uh, woo, yeah, 40s, they're awesome. Uh, but uh, I actually, I was like, hey, I wonder, like, where do I fall on this spectrum of, like, age? So I looked up, what's the life expectancy of a male in America? Turns out I'm on the downhill slide. Of, <laughs> it's 78, but I'm going to Canada where it's 82, and I'm right in the middle. So, um, so no, it's, it's, uh, 
It's funny because I, I think sometimes I don't think of myself as middle-aged, but I was reminded as I thought about my age that I am, am in fact, middle-aged. And um, it's, 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 for me, it's, it's so, I feel so humbled and kind of small sitting in the middle here because I think uh, Jordan has been such a powerful person in this community and in my life, and Rick has been such a strong mentor and is a man of God that I want to emulate and be like, and so... I sit here and I'm like, gosh, maybe if we just let Jordan and Rick talk more, they'll forget that I was even up here. And it's a, it's a funny thing that happens because there's a, there's a sense for me, and this is just me being really honest, like I want to kind of hide the middle. Jesse came up to me and he's like, oh, you're, t-. I'm like, no, nah, man, I'm just trying to get out of the way and let these guys that are powerful get up here and, and share the word. And it's, it's a funny thing because I think there's so much truth in that for, as a middle-aged guy because... I'm, I'm still young enough that I have, like, you know, using, what was her name? Oh, Francilia. Francilia. Yeah, that's a great. Using, like, Francilia's, you know, description of it, like, I still have some young energy. And, and, and yet I've also kind of learned some of those young lessons. And, and yet I've, so I've gained some of that wisdom, but, like, I'm sitting in the middle with energy and wisdom, like, this should be my prime. Like, this is, I should have it figured out. Like, life should be rolling for me right now. I shouldn't be worried about, you know, whether or not I'm contributing. I shouldn't be worried about whether I'm, I'm you know, foolish and, like, don't know what I'm doing, just running blindly. Like, this should be the time where things should be moving. I should be moving. People should be moving around me. And there's this pressure of, like, I should have it figured out. Like, I, like life should look pretty well for me right now. And um, it's funny because I think... It's such a trap in, in, this, in this time. It was, a, it was a trap for me, and it's a trap for people that I see around me because it's not true. Like, there's no figuring it out. There's no, like, I haven't arrived. I haven't, like, I haven't, you know, like, I'm, I haven't done it perfectly. And, and the, the, the pressure for me in that is to want to isolate. Because maybe, like, if I, maybe if, I don't, if I don't show up, if I just show up just enough, but I don't really commit myself, I don't really put myself out there, but I kind of find that middle, like, half a step in, half a step out, then if I don't ever commit, then I always have an excuse. There's this, right? I always have it, then I'm like, well, I didn't commit. And so I think there's this, there's this middle age kind of conundrum that's hard to wrestle with where it's like there's these expectations that you don't feel like you're meeting, you're, you're meeting and, and yet you don't want to, like, jump in fully like the young will, because you're afraid you're going to drown, because you've, you've gained enough wisdom to know it's sort of scary water. And so um, sitting up here is, is super humbling for me, because like, I just don't have it figured out. But it's so fun, because I feel like part of what I wanted to share just for a minute is some of the things that I have learned, because I think it, it, um, it, it maybe, maybe you'll be able to relate to it. Um, I think it's fascinating, because I think we, we tend to get stuck in our stage of life, and it's easy to kind of define where we're at by, by, by the people we're around, and, you know, like, I have friends that have kids the same age, and, and it's tempting to be like, well, I don't want to hang out with the young ones, and I don't want to hang out with the old ones, and I feel like God's been so good to say, you need both, like, you need this energy, and you need this wisdom if you're going to grow, and so I think there's this, this whole push in our society that's like, don't, don't kind of don't step outside of where you're comfortable, and I think that gets us in trouble a ton because we're not willing to or to step out. We're not willing to risk, as I was talking about earlier. Um, and so, uh, I was talking to I was talking to to Rick the other day about um, about uh, what was her name, Licinia, 
Yeah. Francilia, there she is. And we gave her 12 different names tonight. Yeah, Rick, give me your notes, please. Francie. Francie. And so I was thinking about, I'm going, so Jordan's got energy and Rick's got wisdom. What, what do I have? Like, really? Like, what? I'm in the middle age. Like, I get to share my experience with everybody, which is great. But it's easy to get stuck sharing my experience with the people around me. So what, is the, what do I have to offer as a, middle, as a middle-aged dude? Not to go back to the dude thing, but yes. And so what, what I felt like God put on my heart is, is, and I think this is the message, part of one of the messages I want all of you to hear is that you're all an old wise guy, and you're all a young energetic guy, and you're all a middle-aged something to everybody, yeah. right? So you, you play those roles no matter your, if you're 90 years old, there's somebody older, there's somebody younger. There's somebody younger who needs that energy, that's going to give you energy. So don't get stuck thinking that, hey, I'm just a middle-aged dude, and I just got to share my experience with the middle-aged dudes around you, right? So you are, you are a voice of wisdom to somebody, right? And you need to share that experience of joy with somebody, and you need to be energy for somebody. So I think that one of the things I want us to do, experience here is like, Blow up that mindset of, like, this is my group. And that's what I get to experience up here. I'm like, I, like I, got, I got guys in the crowd that I, like, I love to be around, and I play totally different roles in their lives. And so do you. And I think we need to begin to see that and embrace that and be open to that as a community because that's, I think, where we can find some health is we, we begin to move into. And what Satan wants to do is he wants to, he wants to take that. He wants to take that, like, that you don't have value. He wants to strip you of that, like, I don't have value. I don't have wisdom. I don't have energy. No, we have, you all have all of those. So that's one of the things that I feel like is, is so important that we begin to see is that we play these roles, all of us. So, and the, the second thing, here we go, we keep going, okay. Um, this was so fun. This happened yesterday. I was driving out to uh, Nampa with my daughter, and, um, and it was 7.30 in the morning going out to a basketball tournament. It was, really early for basketball on a Saturday. And we're driving out to Nampa, and there, I don't know if anybody saw the sun, sunrise yesterday. Anybody? No? Oh, man. Woo. It was awesome. So we're driving out, and, we're, and we have uh, So Will I from Hillsong. We're blaring it, and we're just beautiful. And, of course, I'm driving, and I'm, enjoy, plug your ears. I'm, like, trying to take pictures while I'm driving of this beautiful sunset. And... I'm like, that doesn't capture it. Like, I need to get a video. So luckily there was a train, so we stopped. So I got some video of it, and there's music in the background, this beautiful sunrise. And Trinity's like, Dad, you're not going to be able to capture this. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Like, this, this is just like a picture. I'm just getting a part of this. And the thing that I feel like God spoke to me was that, like, we all, we all see through, like, a limited lens. Right? So, like, I'm seeing the world through, like, here's my lens right? That's what I see. And, and that shapes how I, how I view the world. It shapes how I engage the world. And what, I, what, I, what God began to kind of show me is that, like, I need Rick and I need Jordan because their lens is different, right? And they're seeing the world and they, they see God differently and they experience him differently. And so when I'm isolated, all I see is this little picture, and I'm thinking about this little picture I took of the sunrise that was beautiful, but I'm like, man, if I could just look around in that picture, if I had one of those 3D cameras, right? That's why I need one of those things you can like look around because then I would get a better sense of, yeah, of, what, of what I'm seeing and what, like, what, of who God really is. 
right? And so when I'm, when I, when I, like, I'm seeing, you know, we all have our times where like, we're seeing dark. Like all I see is dark. I need, I need Jordan to be like, dude, there's a sunrise. Like I'm seeing the sunrise coming because that builds my faith. That gets me excited about life again. Like, Lord, I don't see it right now. Like all I'm seeing is dark. Like that's my lens. But Jordan's like, no, dude, sunrise coming. It's going to be beautiful. That gives me hope, right? And then when I see clouds and it's raining and I'm like, ooh, this is dreary. This is dark. This doesn't feel like this is scary. And, and then Rick's like, no, no, this is, this is like, this is going to, this is cleansing rain. Like this is, this is going to, this is God like shaping you. And it may be hard and it may be scary, but like believe and have faith because that rain is going to cleanse you and it's going to grow you and it brings life. But if I didn't have that, all I'd see was like dark clouds and rain. And so that was the picture God gave me yesterday morning as I was driving out was like, I need people in my life who have different energy, different experiences, different perspectives because they help me to see God so more good. clearly. So good. And the last one, I get to my wife, beautiful wife of your joy. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was a whoop, whoop, and the yeah was from the 80s. Uh, <laughs> so, so sometimes it gets blurry. And so we need people in our life who can tell us who we are, right? So sometimes my lens is blurry. And joy is somebody in my life who's like, no, this is who you are. This is who God has created you to be. And if I didn't have that, I'd be, I'd be seeing the world through that blurry lens. So we need people. Amen. So good. So good. I think you're a preacher, dude. <laughs> Just a middle-aged preacher. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to be like, everybody's going to be calling me middle-aged guy. Thank you. I thought that was profound how the labels limit us, you know, and we label ourselves in these categories where I think we all know. It's kind of like, yeah, I know God loves me, but, like, there's a hindrance sometimes from actually experiencing it. I think it's like, yeah, I know that we're all here together sharing this short time of sojourning on earth, right? But... Some, there's these blocks that actually hinder us and keep us disconnected. And, and Rick kind of mentioned, you know, how, uh, you know, pride and insecurity, these things actually separate us. And I think labels oftentimes are, um, they're fabrications that come out of that brokenness where it's like, oh, I feel uncomfortable with them. I feel insecure. They're just young. It's easier than like, no, I actually now in security, you know. Um, and so I wanted to just kind of open it now and, and throw it back to you, Rick, of let's speak, in, and I'm going to speak into millennials at some point as well, but, you know, what are potential hazards that are in the way and how do we overcome these uh, to actually facilitate the connection? Because I agree with, we need more, we need more connection. We need the, the vision. We need bigger perspective. But how do we actually do this? I think one of the, um, one of the hazards from an older perspective, whether it's older senior age or, like you're saying, older in relation to whoever's younger, yeah. saying be younger but looking, is, is, is to judge those who are younger because they're not where we are, by and large. Um, they're, they're doing foolish young people kinds of things, and, and they get critical and think, oh, wish they'd get it together. And, and that can alienate relationships. I mean, I spoke to that in, in the First Corinthians 12 idea of pride that looks down upon. And as, as I had to come to terms with this myself, uh, 
the Lord gave me the image of, of a fruit tree. You know, I, uh, a few years ago, went to Costco and bought a dozen fruit trees, just little seedlings, saplings, and came home and planted them. Now, if I had expected in the first season they were going to bear fruit, and if they didn't, I was going to cut them down, I'd be unrealistic. I had to nurture them where they were so that they could grow up into the place where today, six years later, they're bearing wonderful fruit. But that wasn't the case in the process. So if I can, if I can look at others who are younger as being in the process and give each other grace, that's so important. So avoiding that hazard. Another way the Lord has helped me in that is, is that um, in, in my earlier years, I thought that to be a good Christian, I needed to study the Bible, go to church regularly, pray, um, not get angry, uh, be a good person, share the faith when I wasn't too afraid not to, um, all those kind of things. And I, as the years went by and I got education and experience, I thought I was doing a pretty good job. I'd accomplished the goal. And it was easy from there to judge other people until the Lord began to open my eyes to see that what he had in mind for me as a follower of Jesus was not that I was going to do a job living my life for him, but that he wanted to live his life through me, which is a whole different thing, isn't it? The first is out of my effort to do it on my terms and is limited by what I can do. But for, for Christ to live his life through me, which I'm still working on, allowing is to allow him to do it on his terms, in his way, with his energy, for his ends. So as I began to see that in my middle years, it brought a brokenness that, that I needed, a humility to, to begin to um, open myself to, um, to other people. And, and that's, we've been benefiting from that in our relationship, uh, that place that God brought me out of that, that understanding. And I, I thought as I was uh, preparing this of the description of the body of Christ in Ephesians 4, where we need all of us in the body, which includes multi-generationally, if we're going to attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And that's what he's all about, isn't it? Which is for that. And you, and, and that's what God's at work doing here, and I give him praise for that. Amen. You know, one of the, I'm going to speak to the young, the young generation here, millennial, my generation. Uh, I think... One of the biggest things, there's a tension that I've been navigating personally, and I really think that this generation is navigating right now, which is how do I discover who I am as a fresh expression of God? How do I discover my, my unique identity as a new wineskin in the earth, which God's constantly doing new wineskins, which he pours out fresh wine. And that has to be held in tension with the reality that I'm still just a small piece, a note in the song that God's singing through generations. And that's a really tough uh, tension sometimes because, uh, and it's really easy what I found for myself and what I see all the time 
right now is to veer towards I'm going to discover who I am as a fresh expression, as a fresh wineskin, but neglect the whole counsel of God, the, 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 the song of generations. That's this beautiful melody that like, you know, and if you look at it like a chapter of a book, it's like, I just want to read my chapter and know my chapter really well. And it's like, how are you going to understand the nuances and the depth of that chapter if it's taken out of context of the whole book? You know what I mean? And one of the things that I think forces this, and I think it's a backlash, like there's brokenness on both sides, where Rick's talking about how, you know, it's easy to come from a place of pride and then judge. And so when you experience judgment, your initial reaction is, well, then forget you. You know, I'm going to go do my own thing then. You're all criticizing me. And, but that's such a mistake. And if we as a generation let you know, criticism, which is going to happen, we're always going to be criticized. Like that's the reality of living in a world that's broken. But we use criticism to justify ourselves closing our hearts off from differing perspectives which usually come from generations older than us who have wisdom, who actually a lot of times are seeing real dangers, right? We think so many times it's like, oh, the, I reinvented the wheel. I figured it out. Like, watch this thing, right? And, the, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, I saw that when I was a kid, and I know where that goes, right? Right, right into the ditch, right? But, like, and maybe that's not communicated well. Like, that happens. That's happened to me. I've had really poor like feedback given to me that's painful and what it did is wanted me to veer off into independence so okay forget that I don't really need that because God's moving here and I'm just going to do what God's doing in my life and focus on that and associate with my peer level relationships only and it was really because it was like well I'm actually wounded and I'm afraid of having real honest feedback you know, and so then I veer out of tension and we think and I think, oh, I'm all about self-expression, but I'm actually making self-expression impossible because I'm I'm losing the context of my story. I'm losing the context of my life, you know, and so being a non-denominational church, this is why I carry this burden is it's easy like, oh, we're not those denominations anymore. We're non-denominational. Like, this is where God's moving, right? Here's this. That's what the stats say. Like, it's the non-denominational megachurches, whatever. Um, and I think it's such, like, it's, it's just such a lack of wisdom where it's like, no, God poured out so much grace to the denominational church. And, yeah, the denominational church is changing. But that doesn't mean that it was bad. That doesn't mean it was wrong. It just means that that was the foundation. That was, for me, I came from a domination that is the, the foundation um, theologically in so many ways that I'm built upon. And if I were to have rejected that, which I did at one point, just FYI, um, and the Lord had to bring me on a journey and sit me right back in there so that I could learn how to honor what's gone before me, how I could honor um, the, 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 the legacies that I'm now continuing. You know, it's like in uh, Hebrew, good, it's like, it's like, dude, a cloud of witnesses. Like, it's like sometimes we like think we're doing so good. And it's like, it's like, dude, you're like alienating yourself from the crowd of witnesses. They're like cheering you on. It's like, no, I don't believe in that. And they're like, no, we believe in you, you know? Um, and so I just think uh, that's a huge thing that we, that's a huge temptation for my generation, for millennials to, uh, to fall into that trap. And it will sever us from the grace of God and the wisdom of God that we desperately need, honestly. I just want to interject, Jordan. Without, without fear of, uh, of puffing you up, because I know your heart, but I just want to say to you all that that when you hear Jordan talk about this, that's, that's where his heart is. 
that God has, has amazingly broken, uh, broken the root of pride in him enough that he's able to come to this old guy, not just because it's me, but, but come to any old guy, which normally he wouldn't be doing, and to be willing to submit to my listening to him and suggesting that there may be another way to approach it. And like we're, we're editing a book he's writing now, and I'll give feedback that challenges some things, and he's open to receive it. Like, I'd probably get defensive, and I don't, I don't hear that in him. So I, I just want to affirm that to you, that you're in good hands with this pastor because of the, the heart that God shaped in him. And I'm very thankful for that. Um, it's kind of it's it's been fun because Jordan and I've had multiple dork out about Rick sessions right over here, <laughs> where we'll get together and be like, "Dude, I talked to Rick last week, and you should hear what he told me." And we'll sit there for ten minutes and just just get so excited about this guy. Um, it's it's interesting because my perspective is sort of being in the middle, as we've made clear, um, is that I can I can find the challenge for me can become looking at Jordan and being like man, there's some regret about looking at my life and, you know, 15 years ago, what if I'd been, like, where Jordan's at now and, and, and just surrendered and in pursuit and, man, where is he going to be when he's 41? And that can be a hard thing to sit with uh, as, you know, uh, as a a middle-aged guy going, you know, it's easy to fall into regret and then want to just sort of give up in a sense, like, all right, well, I didn't do it. I had my chance, and I sort of missed out. And so, Lord, like, you know, do your best with what you got here. Um, and so that can be kind of tricky in that, in that relationship. And then with Rick, it's fun because I'm glad you didn't, like, snip me off because th- that was what I wrote down. It's so fascinating how often God just connects things. But, like, seeing Rick, I just want to be like this guy. And, like, the thing, that, the thing that drew me to him initially is he has, like, a loud, powerful gentleness. Like, it's just weighty. And I'm and I and and I, I I want it. I want it so bad, um, not because I, just because I, I want to be more like him. And as I've sat and met with him multiple times, I find myself like getting like antsy and getting moving and being all fast and aggressive and and wanting things to happen fast and not really sit in the process. And one of the things that I always think in terms of sports, but one of the things that I talk to kids about is when they see somebody doing something, they're seeing kind of the end result of hours of time and dedication and work and, you know, surrender. And they, they think, well, I just want that. And they don't see the process. They don't understand, like, what it took to be to there. And that's the challenge with Rick. It's just, like, sometimes it can be, it can be daunting for me because I'm going, I want to be like Rick, but, man, that's a I can't just get it today. I can't just steal it from him or take it from him. Like, I, I have to be in the process with him. So what's been powerful for me to, is to say, like, I want to be around him because I want to I know his process. I want to understand how he became the man that God has created him to be today. And what I see in him, which just blows my mind sometimes, is that, like, he's still that man who's trying to become the man that I see him already being. Um, and which his humility is so powerful. Um, and so that was... 
you know, as we get into relationship, it can be tricky because you can look back and have regret and you can look forward and be sort of daunted. Daunt, the process can be daunting to become the man that you hope God will make you to be. Yeah. So I want to, you know, my heart, I mean, over, my desire even in us doing this is to facilitate these connections um, and actually to, like, exhort you like we need to seek these we need to pursue these because they're such um, low-hanging fruit um, and so I want to I want to end this time really just posing the question like what is the fruit that you've gleaned from being any place on this dynamic but we can even speak specifically to this relational trio what is you know what is it that you have received because you've chosen to invest time in a, in a multi-generational relationship so Whoever wants to go first can go. Well, the first word that comes to me is encouragement. I mean, just from the hunger that's in both of you men to know and to follow Jesus Christ encourages and challenges me. And the freshness and, and, and the, the, the discoveries that you're making about what makes the church work in these days is so helpful to me as I look at the church I'm a part of in helping to counsel and give direction there. Um, you know, I, I brag on Riverhouse frequently to my wife and, uh, and then share with, with other leaders in our church about what God's doing because of what you have, have shared with me and what I see in your lives. So. I, think, I think for me, it's, um, there, there's sort of two pieces to it. One is that, like, that there's a sense that I have something to give, that God is, um, and it's not that I'm like trying to work. I can, I can be, but as I move into intimacy with God, um, I can, I can be with people and, and in a way that's unique and allow him to sort of help move them into intimacy with him. And that, that's been like in transparency and just sort of being real and honest in these circles. I feel like God's given me a sense of what he's put in and how that's going to come out. But I think with Rick, this is, um, this was really powerful for me. It's like, I'm super excited about getting old. Truly. That's like, awesome. That's truth. <laughs> like, I can't wait to get old. Cause I'm looking, I'm like, dude, I hope I end up like him. It has its downsides. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's like, I don't, I don't like, I, that's truth. I can't, I'm like, Lord, like, Give me the grace to be in continual pursuit so that in 20 years from now, like, I'm sort of like this guy because, like, that gets me excited. Like, I want to be that guy with that, like, weighty gentleness and that humble spirit, and I know it. I can't just, like, it's not going to happen tomorrow. I mean, it could, but it's probably not going to, right? So, like, I need, like, I can't wait to get older. Like, Lord, it's just, like, more time with you, and what are you going to transform me into, The biggest gift that I've received, and you know, me and Rick, we've been doing this rhythm for like the last year and a half, basically. And I've found a place in pursuing this. It was just God brought us together. It was kind of a, I was speaking at a Quaker camp. And it's like, I don't even know much about the Quakers. Um, but, but I was like, I talked about communion in one of the services, and someone said, dude, they don't do communion. I was like, 
oh my gosh. I was like, you should have told me that before. Like, thank God I wasn't leading communion, you know? They would have been like, what are you doing? So anyways, I felt a little uncomfortable, right? And, uh, and anyways, Rick was there and his wife was uh, the nurse and we started talking and uh, and he told me he's a you know spiritual director, and I was familiar with the the spiritual discipline, the art of spiritual direction, which is helping people discern the movement of God in their lives. And it was just this thing, and he was like, "Can we meet?" You know, and it just jumped out of my spirit. And I'm so thankful to God. I know it's why He sent me to that camp, honestly. Um, and what I've received being with you and pursuing this relationship and investing time is a place to feel really immature and really loved. And that combination has birthed so much beauty in my life because it's given me permission to just be who I am and where I am and know that that's okay. Um, I think there's a pressure that wants to come, this perfectionism of like, I need to reinvent the wheel. I need to figure out how to make myself fulfilled and figure out my destiny. And I got these prophetic words and what, you know, like, and it, just, it can become all this pressure. And, um, and the tendency, I think, in that with performance, too, is then I need, to, I need to have this together, right? Like, if I'm severed from the generations that have gone before, what so much of my generation is, it's like, well, I got to be put together and be strong. So I'm figuring this out, right? And, uh, and I've found a place where it's like, I don't need to do that. Uh, I, I, can, I can just be, and I can be immature and be loved. And, you know, and Rick talked about the, the challenging questions and corrective conversations, which happen often. Um, you know, it was, it was, it's been like solve on the wounds of my heart. And uh, places where I found that there were criticisms and hard words that wounded me and caused a of veering. It's like God's used, used the love of Rick uh, to break glass ceilings of independence that kept me in places of measure, that kept me in places where he couldn't, he couldn't take me because I wasn't a man under authority. I wasn't, I was like, it was superficially I was, but in my heart, I wasn't. In my heart, I was still in independence, not because I wanted to be independent. In fact, it was really scary being independent. You feel like you got to figure everything out. That's what orphans do, you know, and so it's like you get, you have these breakthroughs from that orphan mindset, you know, where you realize I'm acting like a pauper right now. I'm acting like a beggar, um, but it's like been a progressive journey of healing for me from that wound um, into being a son that's deeply loved at every stage of my maturity process. Uh, and so that has uh, mined so much gold out of me. Uh, we have inspiration, and I think sometimes we think that the inspiration is like, I've got inspiration, God spoke to me, this is it. But it's like, you know, gold in a gold mine, and there's a lot of dirt in there too, you know, and it's helped me like, oh, that is my inspiration, but that's my own broken, that's my own flesh, that's my own, you know, perspective that I'd have no idea, like, because I've never done this before, right, and it's brought in security to my life, because it's like, oh, he sees, he sees things I don't see, and I don't have to figure it out for me, like, I can be helped, I can be fathered, and uh, I think that's what we all are looking for, and I don't think it's just because of Rick, or because of Aaron, I think it's, like, it's what we have for one another, I think there's 
There's people, like Aaron said, it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. You have someone older, you have someone younger. Like, we have wisdom. We have gifts to offer one another. And it's like my heart's, like, imploring, like, please, we can't miss these. Like, we can't live alone. We can't live isolated in this day and age. It's scary. There's pain. There's things. There's lurking, right? There's all this. Like, it's, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but we can get through it together because we're stronger together and we have something powerful to offer no matter how young or how old Uh, and so I just implore you please like it's time to pursue these it's time to open our eyes and say okay I want to veer out of my my label I want to veer out of the box and I just want this to be a church of Jesus Christ not a young person church not an old person church just a church of Jesus Christ where people are known and they're loved and they love you know And uh, I think the repercussions of us doing this will be beyond what we could imagine. I think it will be health and wholeness and safety and security and intimacy that we're longing for. Um, But I can't create that for you. A church can't create that. A program can't create that. We create that, you know, through pursuing one another in love. I feel like I'm preaching now. So... (laughs) Um, what time is it? I feel like it's probably time. 628, perfect. Um, so we actually wanted to do a ministry time. We met and we were praying uh, about what to do. And, uh, and we want to just create a space to respond to this tonight. Uh, and the first thing we wanted to do is really uh, create an opportunity for repentance. And uh, what we specifically for how we've just neglected uh, the gift of one another in our lives or how we've let insecurity, uh, I don't have anything to offer, keep us, or how we've let pride, I've got it figured out, uh, separate us, or any of the things that resonated that's like, hey, yeah, this is, I see that in my life. Uh, maybe we've veered out of balance. Yeah, I've, I've neglected the whole story for my own. Um, and if so maybe we could put like a song on and we just I, I, we just want to create a time of, of silence um, for just a couple minutes. Uh, and specifically, uh, as you're in this time of quiet, if there's things, just just tell them, Lord, like I'm away from the negative, these things. But also uh, repentance just isn't just turning away from the negative, but it's turning to like the positive. And so we want to create space. Ask the Lord, like, who is it, God? Who, who is it that you've put your love for me in their life, you know? Um, like, that's why I always feel like with Rick. It's like God just kind of possessed him with his love for me, and he's loving me through Rick. And that's the beautiful thing is he loves us through us, you know? And so just ask the Lord in this time, who is it? Who is it that you're putting love in me that I'm supposed to love and pursue? Who is it that I'm supposed to go that's to speak into me? Who are the peer levels? Who like who are the people that fear and pride and all these things have kept me from? And just ask them to bring these to mind. So uh, we can turn the lights down just a little bit. And maybe just put a, a bucket song.